On this episode of Trading Camp, we interview Michael Katz. Michael is the CEO of the prop firm Trade the Pool and has been trading stocks and futures for over 15 years. He shares the valuable lessons he has learned over the course of his career as a prop trader, taking us through the story of how he climbed out of a $90,000 trading loss. This episode is brought to you by Rocket Scooter, the next generation of trading tools that will replace everything you know about trading. Built by engineers for the retail trader, Rocket Scooter's revolutionary algorithm is the first of its kind. It uncovers institutional positions and reveals market maker risk and hedging in real time using their AI scanner and algorithmic charting. Rocket Scooter has invented 15 unique indicators that predict high volume before it happens, allowing you to visualize price levels where big money is most interested. There's nothing like it. To see how Rocket Scooter is changing the game for retail traders, check out their three-month pro trial. Right now, they are offering three months of Rocket Scooter Pro for only $35 a month, knocked down from the original price of $179 a month. Take advantage of this monster deal by heading over to the link in the show notes and get started using Rocket Scooter today. Trading Camp has partnered with Elite Trader Funding, a proprietary trading firm focused on giving traders the opportunity to profit from the markets without risking their own capital. ETF offers a range of evaluations which test your abilities as a trader. When you pass, you'll be able to choose from funded accounts ranging from $10,000 to $300,000. The only risk is a monthly flat fee. The ETF community provides an excellent learning environment and networking opportunities for those serious about taking their game to the next level. We are excited to offer our listeners 30% off of any trading evaluation on ETF's site except for Fast Track. It's so hard for me to sit back here in this studio looking at a guy out here hollering my name. When last year I spent more money on spilled liquor in bars from one side of this world to the other than you made. You're talking to the Rolex wearing, diamond ring wearing, kiss stealing, woo, wheel of dealing, going on everybody welcome back to tcp episode 89 here we go today's trader is michael katz aka the ceo of trade the pool michael welcome to the show thanks for having me absolutely very excited to have you on very excited to get the opportunity to speak with you as we always do we're going to start by asking you about your trading background how you first got involved in the markets so take it away yeah i mean it's been a while you know, it's been almost, uh, I guess, 16 years now. And I first started uh, trading. I actually came from a background of uh, just computer gaming. I used to play a lot of uh, Counter-Strike and stuff like that. So um, I was on the keyboard anyway. And I learned from, um, you know, uh, Poor Dead, Rich Dead. My ex-girlfriend at the time bought me that book. I introduced me to stock market and I just started to dive in. I learned for like two years from everything, anything I couldn't grab, um, you know, videos on YouTube, books, you name it. And I just started. Um, I took 10K from um, what I have in my saving and from my parents and just started to trade. And, you know, trading is all about experience. It's all about uh, continue to trade, understand what you did wrong. Um, obviously losing money at the beginning, I lost like 30% of my account in the first six months. But since I 
I learned before I started to trade, I knew that you know I got to take it one step at a time. So I didn't risk a lot. Uh, I didn't uh, go for the one lucky trade, right? I just um, traded with 20 shares, 30 shares, 50 shares, and kept going and going and going. Um, so that that was the first, you know, the first year or even two years until I uh, started to see some refreshing in my trading, I guess. Nice. So uh, typical start for most traders. Uh, you put some money in, uh, lost a bunch of money. Uh, so question I really like to ask is what was it that sort of kept you going early on when you realized, all right, this is obviously way more difficult than I thought, although you were studying and putting in all the work, because that's normally that the position uh, most traders are in, right? Where they're studying so hard, they're so excited to learn, but then they realize, okay, that alone isn't going to do it. And this is a much harder process than I first thought. Yeah, definitely. You know, we all experience that and you got to have this passion. I, I love trading. Yeah, I'm a day trader. Um, so, you know, it's like sitting in front of the computers, looking at the screens, see the chart moves uh, in front of you. Uh, I love the fact that you need to analyze and uh, make a decision in real time. And, uh, and again, it, it's kind of very similar to what I did. I spent hours, like tons of hours uh, playing computer games. So, um, and making decision in real time, you know, shooting the bad guy or the hostage, right? And uh, so it was kind of easy to me in a way of just um, handling the stuff. But um, what kept me going is really till this day, you know, just enjoying the fact that you, you're watching the charts and you need to make decisions. I'm I always look at it like bad guy, good guy, you know. You have, uh, if I'm going long, there are bad guys that I need to fight and the opposite when I'm shorting. So, so that's the idea. And um, you got to have that passion in order to um, overcome the struggles and the obstacles that most traders uh, will come across with. I think that the decision making aspect of the job is a big driver for a lot of traders because, uh, you know, if you're working, we'll call it a, a regular job, because I guess trading certainly isn't a regular job. You're not in charge of as many decisions as when you're actively trading and you're in charge of your capital and i've heard a lot of people reference trading or compare trading to operating a small business and you're basically the ceo or founder of a small business with the decisions that you're making uh in order to manage your capital and then of course there is that you know that intraday decision making where you are rewarded when you're right which is obviously a really good feeling um and you know on the other side of that is you know being very upset uh, when you're wrong. So let's talk a little bit about what it is that you were first doing when you were trading. What was your trading looking like when you were first involved in the markets? What products were you trading, etc.? Yeah, so I started from uh, day trading stocks till this day. Um, you know, I also trade futures, but again, most of my activity along the way was uh, just trading stocks, day trading stocks. Um, you know, at first it was just reverse, uh, uh, sorry, uh, pullbacks and some breakouts. And as I continue to grow, I changed my style into more of uh, reversals, uh, buying the dip, selling the top, still doing that uh, until this day. Um, I do believe that this is the best way to go when it comes to like the technique side or the strategy, uh, strategy wise. 
Um, but again, you know, as I continued and developed as a trader and realized the mistakes that I did and other stuff that I need to improve, um, I came across this idea or just a, just a way of acting in the market that is more focused on the risk, uh, not the risk management completely, but more of the trade management than where to execute the trade, right? I just talked about it actually today in one of the live uh, sessions that we did. Um, you know, I entered, I took a NASDAQ uh, short on the NASDAQ at the bottom of the the wave, you know, the the NASDAQ dropped and I entered short at the, at the bottom. So the, the worst entry possible. But then again, when you trade and manage the trade correctly, you can actually make money even I wouldn't say easier is the right word, but um, um, more efficiently. Yeah, I really like that you brought that up. And let's go ahead and have a conversation about trade management because I do think that it's really important and not enough traders focus on it because as you mentioned, you know, it can almost be more important how you manage your trades, having a good process for managing the trade, entering, exiting, than actually knowing where to enter and exit it. You know, a lot of traders are very fixated on what's the best strategy. What is going to give me the largest edge? Where are, uh, you know, my most prime entries? And while the entries are very important, I have found that a lot of the flaws and mistakes that I've made in my trading come not because I'm not entering at the right spots, but because I'm not managing the trade properly once I'm in it. And so having a uniform process for me take some of that stress off. So I want to hear about your process for trade management. What does it look like once you've entered a trade? Right. So, so I'm probably going to have a lot of haters after that. But, uh, but I mean, what I'm doing, first of all, I completely agree with what you're saying. By far, in my experience, the trade management part will be much important than just the entry or the exit. And what I do is is pretty uh, simple, I would call it. You know, once I understand and I'm biased on a direction, right? I, I made my analysis, for example, the NASDAQ today. So I made my analysis. It made sense to me that it's, it will continue to the downside. Now that I have this uh, idea in my head or this scenario, now I can start executing. Now, obviously, I would have tried to uh, maybe wait or should have waited for pullbacks. But again, once I entered, I know exactly where I'm, obviously how much I'm going to risk uh, dollar-wise and where I'm going to add more to my position. And this is the, the main game here, right? If let's say you have $100 that you're willing to lose on a trade. So instead of going all in, you got to scale into your position. So instead of risking $100, I will risk 20 or $30 first, right? Now, if the price goes against me, doesn't matter if it's long or short, I can add to my position. So I'm averaging down my position, but I'm still within the risk parameters that I set beforehand, right? So I have the idea that the price should continue to the downside. I enter the position and now when it goes against me going up, basically, I can add more to my position because I understand that the general sentiment will be to the downside. Obviously I can be wrong and and there are some times like this, of course, as traders. But once I stay within those parameters of $100 risk, 
I'm good to go. So it doesn't really matter if I'm entering at the bottom and I literally entered today at the bottom of the range instead of waiting for it to bounce up. But I knew that if it will go against me, I can add more because I have enough space in my uh, risk. So, so that's the main idea that um, I'm focusing on for the last, uh, I don't know, like seven, eight years at least. Um, before becoming the CEO of Trader Pool, I was the head of the traders in one of the prop firms, a local prop firm in uh, Tel Aviv. And this is exactly what we did every single day. You know, entering doesn't really matter where, just adding to the position as it goes either to our favor or against us, but within risk parameters. So uh, that that's definitely the key. Uh, you know, your trading style will be much more easier um, mental-wise, you can make decision much more easier because you know, but that's okay if I'm wrong. I don't need to go in on a specific, you know, right at the dot. I can go in. It doesn't matter if it goes to my favor or not. I'm still within my risk parameters, so I'm good to go. And that, that's the key, no doubt. Michael, one of my favorite questions to ask um, veteran traders is how they were able to scale up. I found that a lot of newer traders one of the problems that they'll fall into is they will, you know, catch a couple of wins and maybe start to pad that account a little bit, but it becomes difficult to really scale that success and really um, scale your profits up so that, you know, you're making more on your winners at the same time. That means that you're going to lose more on your losers. How did you go about that in your trading, scaling up and, um, you know, maintaining the same risk framework while doing so? Right. So are you talking about um, like scaling the account or scaling within that trade? I would say scaling the account as a whole. Like growing the account? Basically, yes, yes, or? yes. Obviously, as a trader, you go through um, a huge path. Um, you need to understand what type of trader are you, um, the assets that you want to trade. Are you a day trader, a swing trader, investor? All of those uh, stuff that each and every one of us uh, went through or will go through along the way. And uh, one of the things you need to decide, are you going to be more of a success rate trader, right? When you have higher success rate or risk reward ratio to your favor, right? Because I had years that I had like 72, 73% of success rate, but my uh, risk reward was one-to-one -one or even less than that after commissions. So basically I'm minus, but my success rate was high. So I did okay. Um, obviously, as I continue to grow, I uh, went a little bit more to the opposite side. So success rate uh, went down to 54, 52, but my uh, risk reward went to 2.3, uh, 2.6, etc., etc. So I guess obviously any one of us will go through that path and find his own niche. Um, basically, in order to really grow your account, um, it's kind of hard when you don't have a lot of capital. If you're trading $10,000, $20,000, it's very hard to grow it because you want to withdraw the funds. Let's say you made a nice profit out of uh, $20,000. You made $2,000. Now you want to take some profit out. So once you do that, you go back. So it's kind of hard to do so. And, and this is why maybe that's our next step, but this is why I like prop trading in a general uh, as I, um, you know, came across it uh, here in Tel Aviv uh, and now as the CEO of, uh, of one. I want to ask you about uh, your experience when you were 
um, mentoring traders at that first prop firm that you were at in Tel Aviv. What was it like being in charge of a team? And I'm curious, what were some of the things that you made sure to instill in those newer traders that you were mentoring? Yeah, so uh, we were like roughly 70 traders. It's a local shop, so everyone came uh, every day. You know, uh, we start to trade the market in at uh, 4.30 p.m., right? But everyone came in the morning around 10, 11. Uh, the market, the pre-market opens at uh, 11 a.m. our time. So they came at around 10, 11. We did a lot of, obviously, analysis of what happened uh, yesterday, went through a lot of the trades that all of the traders made, basically, a recap. Every day, um, a trader uh, took his own playbook and presented it to the rest of us, and we sat down and analyzed it, um, understood what he did well and whatnot. And, of course, what we can take as individuals, what we can take from that recap, from that trade that uh, another guide made. And we did that on and on. And uh, obviously, um, just analyzing the market, you know, what we can expect today. Um, 30 to an hour before the market opened, we sat down, watched all the gainers, losers. Um, we used to trade a lot of, most of us uh, used to trade a lot of the um, uh, stocks in play. Some of us uh, traded specific symbols. Um, uh, more focus on uh, mostly big techs like uh, Apple and Amazon, uh, Google, but um, the vast majority of us were just uh, focused on the stocks in play of that day. So analyzing the news before uh, deciding that this is the one for us, technical analysis, um, supply and demand, all of the, the good stuff that any type of trader will do. So uh, this is what we did day in, day out. Obviously, when at the end of the day, we did the same, um, the same thing, sat down, just to summarize everything uh, we did. The guys that um, I used to have those weeks when I said, okay, this week we're focusing only on the losers. So we took all the losers from that week um, and basically broke down understanding what happened, why uh, we took those trades, some of it because of a mental side, some of it because of a technical side. Uh, and we did those every single day or every single week or so. So this is the main idea. It's very interesting because most of the traders that are listening to this podcast are going to be like Noah and I who trade remotely. They, you know, are likely just trading from home on their laptops and they've never had the experience of working on a team or working uh, in a firm. How do you feel that benefited you and has benefited your career? Do you think that that had a very positive impact or are there things that you did like, didn't like? Would you recommend traders seek that sort of opportunity? Yeah. So, First of all, it was an amazing experience. I, I wouldn't change it for the world because I, what I learned from it uh, was priceless to my trading, to my uh, personality, to where I'm at today. I, I probably wouldn't become the CEO of, of Trader Pool as a prop firm if I didn't have that background. And obviously, the background that I had helped me develop Trader Pool at the moment. 
So um, it was priceless, definitely. You know, there are goods and bad. The goods, you have guys with you that committed 100% of the time, focusing on trading day in and day out. The only thing that matter is literally trading. You know, um, in the morning, before the market opened, during lunchtime break, this is what we did like every single day. So that's amazing, you know, to have the guys around you. And even though I was the head of them, um, they were great guys that I learned a lot from, you know. So um, that was that was a blessing. Um, the cons, I guess, you know, guys. Uh, so you're in a you're in a room with seventy guys. Sometimes there will be some fights. Uh, ego will come into play. Uh, those kind of those kind of stuff. But other than that, it was uh, really great. Um, I can definitely recommend it to anyone that can do that. The, um, the minus here is that first, you need to be in a location where you have uh, a prop. And second, most props in the world, you know, you need like three to four, maybe five track records, profitable track records in order to join in. This episode is brought to you by Elite Trader Funding. ETF is a prop trading firm. For those of you who are unaware of what a prop trading firm is, they basically provide you with capital to trade with, and your only risk is the monthly subscription fee. How it works is once you pass an evaluation account, you then become eligible for real money payouts. Now, there are a lot of prop firms out there, but ETF's customer support, the products, and the styles of evaluations they offer are unmatched. I traded and passed a 150K evaluation account, and they were always willing to answer any questions I had along the way. I wish that I had been introduced to them when I first started trading. Thinking back to all the money I lost when I was new to the game, getting the chance to trade a large account while only risking a monthly subscription fee makes too much sense. Not to mention, if you're trying to trade a small-sized account, you can develop some pretty bad habits. Trading a funded account lets you really put your skills to the test by trading more realistic size. Head to the link in the show notes to start your journey as a funded trader today. It is weird how, you know, it It seems like most traders at least, or definitely most traders, um, you know, sort of back in the day, I guess if you want to call it, sort of that's how they came up, right? They came up around other traders learning from them and learning from their mistakes and what they did right and what they did wrong. And, you know, today just with the, obviously the ease of, um, of accessibility, the barriers of, to entry are lower, which is, you know, a great thing for people who are trying to get into the markets. You don't need quite as much capital. Um, and it's just more accessible overall, but at the same time, you do lose a little bit of that, um, that learning process, like you were talking about, being able to sort of bounce ideas off of people who know what they're doing and, and get that experience, which um, I'm sure, as, as you, you know, you sort of just described, is um, you know pretty invaluable to you. One of the main things that I would love to um, know about how you how you learn from um, some of the more experienced traders that you've worked with, and and maybe um, this will this will sort of echo some of the stories of the current traders that trade the pool. Um, but what did you learn from more experienced traders about handling losses, um, particularly large losses? And I know that you've got um, a pretty interesting story about that. So I would love to dive into it. Uh, a tough uh, subject to talk about. So, uh, <laughs> so yeah, um, I guess a few things that I can learn uh, that I took from uh, some of my traders back then. Uh, one, yeah, there was a guy 
super humble about his losses. You know, it doesn't matter if he lost five, 10 K when he did, you know, there are traders. It's literally like in a movie, you know, there are traders that will lose five or 10 and just take in like a chair and throw it to the other side of the room or maybe break a screen. We had many times that guys broke a screen. This is like a, a regular thing, you know, but, but there are traders uh, like this guy that was so humble about his trading, you know, he just sat down and just focused on the trade back, you know, just replaying it, try to understand what happened there and how can he improve himself for the next day. And this is something, you know, obviously I had it, but when you see some other guys doing that as well, it, it just gives you the pump, you know, it just push you even more. You want it even more. Uh, so th this is definitely, I guess, uh, I guess the most important one, obviously technical wise, uh, I knew my stuff, I guess, uh, you can always improve and, uh, just, um, you know, sharpen up, uh, your technical side, but on that particular, um, um, like area of loss is definitely something that I took because I was in the middle between breaking a screen and uh, being humble. So this guy taught me. I'm more of a break screen guy myself, so yeah. I, can, I can appreciate that. <laughs> I can definitely appreciate that. Yeah, that's so interesting. When you see, when you're around traders who are taking losses, but you know that they're profitable and you see them come back and you see them be able to regroup and continue to push forward like that I could see being very very valuable because you know and you know what we do now and again for most of the people listening the only interaction they have with other traders is um, you know on Twitter or in discord groups and for the most part you're seeing uh, the sunshine and rainbows of traders careers very few people are extremely open about their losses, uh, but being able to see somebody, you know, in person, how they behave, how they're able to recuperate, how they're able to come back from losses, especially when you're a newer trader, would be absolutely massive because I think you'd then be able to understand that, OK, some of the feelings that I'm having where I get very frustrated and I become very upset look, the same thing is happening to this guy who's successful and that's okay. Now it's my job to learn how to overcome that. Whereas I think that the picture that's painted on social media is that once you're a successful trader, you no longer have those moments of frustration you no longer have those big losses. Whereas, okay, the realistic view is that's going to happen. You just have to learn how to overcome it. Yeah, I guess this is something that you see everywhere. You know, you got to be the most successful one. I always put up a, a smile, right? Uh, the most successful uh, people or the richest people in the world, they're always smiling and enjoying life. Obviously, they also have the, can I curse in the, in the podcast? Of course. Obviously, they're, they all got their own shit. And sometimes it won't be the fun, the, you know, the happy, joy, joy uh, life, right? So we as traders obviously experiencing the same thing. And this is on a regular basis because top notch trader um, will lose any given day, you know, so it was a fun time. Definitely. It's like what separates the men from the boys, right? It's like who can actually come back from those 
situations. Like those, those are the traders that I admire and that I try to replicate when I listen to a podcast or I read about successful traders and they discuss their biggest losses and their drawdowns and how they were able to move past that. Like that to me is the most important stage and will always be the most important stage. Like when things are going really well, in your trading, it's just so, it just feels so easy, but it's crazy how quickly things can change. And you have to be able to recognize that and being able to overcome those losses. So I wanna ask you about your personal drawdowns. Are there any losses uh, or moments throughout your career where you felt like, geez, like this is, this is really not good. And then how were you able to work through those stages? Yeah, so I guess throughout, all of my career, I had obviously losses at the beginning of, you know, the first two years was very rough. Uh, you know, you're dealing with more losses than winners, right? And on top of that, you need to learn and understand more about the market structure, building a strategy, risk management, yada, yada. So those times are very rough. Um, fortunately, I passed them. Um, in regards to a big loss, a big drawdown, then... In that firm, I had um, I had a loss of uh, ninety-one thousand uh, dollars that I took in uh, three days, and I traded. Yeah, it it was um, like four times, four and a half times than what I used to. Uh, so I kind of crossed my boundaries. Uh, to make a long story short, I guess um, I started to trade buying SPC um, space. So a uh, Virgin Galactic, that's the, the company, started to buy it. It was great at the beginning. It started to drop. I added to my position as I usually do. We all did added more to the position. Again, as long as we, you're within those risk parameters, what you're willing to lose, that's fine. But uh, in a way, I just started, you know, it started like a snowball. And when it dropped, I added more, dropped, I added more. Two hours in the game, I was down 25. Um, and that, that was, you know, continuing to trade, try to fight back. Now, I did have a lot of trades that I w uh, was down like 5 or 10, 15. And, you know, I pulled myself out of, out of it uh, because I knew the, the game, I guess. Uh, but for some few reasons, uh, it didn't work at that, uh, those three days. Uh, second day, I added more. I was down like 40, 50. Um, forgot the numbers already. And at the end of the day, like the when, it was Wednesday, uh, I closed it with a 91K, minus 91K, uh, roughly after two hours in the game. And most of the time, what I did in that situation is basically fighting. If you see my chart, you would see tons of executions all around it, right? So I entered, took some out, uh, some losses out, added more, took some losses out, added more, took some losses out, etc. And basically, I, I was very close to my average price all the time. I kept like maybe a point or two points away from my average price. So I only needed like a nice jump and it would would have been okay but it didn't and you know the risk manager talked to me that day um those three days obviously but um on that uh, first day he asked me if i'm okay if i'm doing all right i said i'm completely fine because i truly believe that 
you know, I'm, I'm okay. I know what I'm doing. It's just, um, just a bump in the road, right? And just kept going. I mean, the sellers there were crazy. Seriously, um, I don't recall if I ever saw so massive moves. You know, the buyers couldn't handle it. So this was in 2021. A little bit. Lo no, no. I guess 19. Oh, okay. I'm trying. That was a spec, right? Uh, the the SPAC. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, well, that was a very interesting market. I was going to say you got to call them up and, and uh, maybe get reimbursed there because that, that's foul. That sounds like that was um, that was definitely a rough time. I mean, as even even that market, though, I mean, it was... Do you think that that had any impact maybe on the loss that you took? Because like Alejandro sort of um, was starting to mention there, I mean, that market was so ridiculous where you would see um, the volatility in SPACs, you would see the volatility in the meme names, um, and... Did that sort of have any, I guess, impact on your decision making there where it was like, you know, just with the way that these things have been trading, you know, even if even though I am down on this position, even though it, it um, the sellers are so strong here that maybe I will be able to pull one out. Do you think that maybe the environment sort of got to you on um, on that trade? Yeah, so it was a time that I traded some of those uh, uh, some of those names like the memes, you know, less the memes, but more of the specs and um i guess obviously i did some mistakes technical wise um uh, you know the day that i traded it the first day that i traded it it was um it was the day that they released the news that the, um they flew to the moon or whatever they flew to this like the i think it was space like yeah space. yeah yeah right that that was the day that they said it went well right i mean that just a just a trick obviously to manipulate the price to lower everything everyone in because they would say wow that's great news everyone buying in and then big sellers are dumping their shares and and that's the oldest trick in the book and i literally fell into that so um, that was definitely um, my mistake here at least the first one and the, the most uh, important one that i just missed i knew about the the news but i just i don't know didn't connect that that day and um and yeah and from from that moment on i just fought my way again truly believed that i uh, would have made it um added more when i should like technical wise um watching the tape watching you know, the behavior, the momentum uh, on a five second chart and nothing, no matter what I did, you know, buyers push the price 20 cents and they dropping it like crazy, 80, the sellers afterwards. So yeah, crazy momentum. Before we, uh, before we move off of this topic, and I know, I know that, um, I don't want to belabor the, the loss too much because I know, like you said, it's, it's kind of tough to talk about. But one of the things that you had mentioned in there is that you were adding on the way down. And I know that that's kind of part of your how you trade. And that's just um, an interesting way to trade to me because that's like not something that I do. And so could you like sort of go through your thought process there and maybe not just on this specific trade, but in general, what adding to losers is like for you? And is that like part of your core strategy or how do you approach um that thought process because I know that you know from when I started and it was probably a little bit different just because I was trading options when I had really first gotten into the market a big thing was like you know don't add to your losers cut your losers let your winners go um, and it seems like you have sort of a different philosophy around um, that 
Yeah, this is why I said uh, I will have a lot of haters afterwards, because you know it's kind of taboo to add to your losses, right? Uh, the the big books always will tell us don't add to your losses. But again, like I said, as long as you add to your losses within the dollar risk that you're willing to lose on that trade that you set before exiting and um, entering that trade, as long as you're within that parameters, then you'll be fine. So what I do generally, let's take a chart, you know, the price, I'm buying the dip, right? So the price is dropping down, reaching a major support level started to add to my position, scaling in with 20%, depends on the setup. But let's say 20% out of the 100 that I'm willing to lose. Then it continued against me, let's say. So I'm looking for the next support level, next liquidity level, adding more to that position as well, another 20%. Drop again, and again, I'm still, so I lost like $20 on the first one, $20 on the second round, right? So I'm roughly $50, $60 down. Now I'm adding more to my position, averaging down, but now I'm risking the full 100. So I have a stop loss be below that $100 loss. So once you play around like this, you can actually, you know, the skies is the limit because the price can continue to, it could easily go and try to take the next liquidity level. So as long as you take that into, um, you know, in your parameters and understand that the price might drop to the next level, you give yourself enough space to trade with, you know, so a lot of room to uh, room for errors. That's the idea. Yeah. So the difference with uh, the Virgin Galactic trade was that you weren't staying within the risk parameters. You were following your strategy, but you didn't follow your rules as far as this is the amount of money that I'm willing to lose in the trade. As you mentioned, it was four times your normal loss. So the strategy was there. And I think the confusion is, uh, you know, why add to a loser if you're losing money? Well, that wasn't the mistake. The mistake was not managing risk properly because you can add to losers all you want if, as you mentioned, it's within your risk parameters. If you're saying, okay, I'm willing to lose $100 on this trade, all right, you add a little bit, um, you know, at your first level, you add a little bit more at your second level, etc. And then if you know, you eventually get stopped out, you only lost $100. The problem is traders who go into the trade, they say, okay, I'm willing to lose $100, then they're down $100. And now they say, Oh, well, I don't actually want to take that loss. And they start adding more and more to the position and they end up with a $500 loss. Yeah. And you can imagine specifically on the SPCA trade, you know, I was down, I got 70 traders looking up for me looking at me, waiting to see my next move, right? Every single day. Wow. So I'm fighting it. Obviously, everyone stopped trading and, and just watching my chart. And just I'm adding, I'm trying to exit, adding more. And after I close that trade, they're all looking at me and say, okay, what, is, uh, what are you going to do from here? You know, it was obviously they all knew that it was too much um, what I lost. And, you know, they waited to see if I can pull it up and, you know, continue to trade and actually come back. So yeah, I took some time off, obviously, uh, reassess, did my analysis, got back. And yeah, I made it within six months afterwards. Took me a bit longer than I expected. But uh, yeah, it was a fun time. What What was that stage like after, after everything kind of settled, then you realized, okay, now I'm sitting, you know, 
down ninety thousand dollars and it's time for me to work my way back like what were some of the things that you were telling yourself and practicing uh in order to to make because um that's probably the most difficult ninety thousand dollars you've ever had to make because you know in the back of your mm -hmm. mind had i not taken that one trade i would have ninety thousand dollars more in your account so it's very difficult to come back and make that money yeah so uh, there are many things obviously went through my head that time you know the pressure mostly the pressure from the others that just looking at me right the risk manager uh the ceo at the time the, the traders they're all waiting to see if i can do that or not i took some times off like two weeks off didn't touch the keyboard something that i never did you know i'm going to uh, on vacation you will see me trading on on my vacation i take my laptop i connect it to the tv in the in the hotel and i will trade so i never took two weeks off it, it was crazy for me but i had to do that just to just to get out of that situation um when i took that off obviously i I just analyzed the trade uh, again and again, tried to went through what happened to me mentally and also uh, technical wise. And then I started basically kind of the same as I did before. So uh, fortunately I had a guy with me, not a trader, but, um, but a friend that owned some businesses. So we have a, he had a state of mind of a, of a businessman of, um, like a predator right so he basically coached me on that level and told me listen you know what you're doing again it was roughly like 10 12 years after i'm already doing it so he told me you know what you're doing just continue to do what you did just before a minute ago when you had that trade right so i did so and it took me a bit longer than i expected but um yeah. yeah, it was a um, rough start at the beginning, but just push myself. I'm curious as to what you would advise new traders to do if they were in this in the same situation, because you have, you know, your guy telling you, all right, just keep doing what you're doing. You know, in the back of your mind, I've been doing this for a decade. I have the experience to work my way out of this hole. What would you say to the trader that's only been trading for six months, a year, two years, who takes a, a massive loss and then has to work their way back, who doesn't have that experience, who doesn't have the confidence that they can actually do it? Yeah, I mean, I don't know if I, if you took me back for like six months or a year and I lost a bunch of money, um, I don't know if I would have done it, you know, because it's very hard mentally to handle it. But, and you know what? It's not... It's not even the money, like obviously it's a big number, but it's not even the money. It's the fact that you let yourself loose and you cross the boundaries that you obligate uh, through, uh, once you trade in with a firm, but also to yourself and to uh, the other traders that with you. So in that case, um, so for a new trader, the best, I guess the best possible way will be, or the best advice will be not to, go there in the first place right start small you can always you know trade those 20 dollars uh, 20 shares 30 shares 50 shares and build yourself um today i had an interview with one of our funded traders and a new funded trader 
And we basically, this is exactly what Im mentioned that worked for him. You know, instead of trying to reach that one lucky trade, make big, uh, big bucks as they all showing you on YouTube, the gurus on YouTube that will show you the, their Ferraris, try to just focus on trading on small level. Once you have that confidence, once you, once you consistent, you see your consistency uh, become profitable, then you can always increase the risk because the risk is, it's the easiest part to increase, right? You, you find money, then you can start trading big. But the fact that you, what you need at the beginning is just prove yourself that it's possible, that you know what you're doing. So that's okay if you will make $20 a month. It doesn't matter. Do that for six months, increase that to $60 a month, to $200 a month, and so on. Uh, so this is definitely the advice I would have given to someone who just started. Don't even go there because, I mean, it's so hard to return from a big loss. It will break you easily. Mental-wise, it will break you. People forget that that's like 110% in your control. Like you don't have to have that situation, right? It's like, it's it's very common for traders to go into a deep hole or to have those big losses. That's why I asked you about it because unfortunately I figured that, you know, at some point you've made uh, a poor mistake, but you don't have to do that. You don't have to, it, it is, it's really crazy to me. Like when I go through a period where I'm not trading good, like, how shitty I can trade, but if I'm just managing my account correctly, it doesn't really matter, right? It doesn't really matter. It's like then once things get good again and I get back in a rhythm, it's like I can make those losses back so quickly. It's those periods where you think the world is ending because, oh, I have to make money on this trade or I didn't make money this week or I didn't make money this month. So I have to like start doing all this stupid shit. Whereas if you can just manage your risk through those times of drawdown and just just relax, like just chill out, like it's eventually going to start to work itself out. You can really like like I said, it is it is crazy to me. Like you can really trade bad and still not blow up your account. Like that doesn't have to happen, right? Like that doesn't have to happen. And that is the time where traders really mess up because they get so frustrated that maybe one thing was working and now it's not working or they were doing so well and now they're not doing so well. I try to think of it as if I'm not trading well and the market isn't giving me what I want because the market is always changing and it's just not working for me, I just try to have this attitude of like, you know what, like what am I going to do about it? Right? Like the more I try to be hands-on and the more I try to do more and more, take more trades, like be be better, whatever. The more the more losses I'm gonna take. Like I just have to be super chill. Like just let it work itself out. Whereas in the past I would get really angry, and then you know I take big losses, and that's that's the only time you really mess up. But it's 110 percent in your control. You're the one making the trades. Yeah, like any situation in life, you know, uh, you can drive uh, with your car, and someone is uh, blocking your whatever view, and you can get pissed off or you can you know just uh chill and let it be and let him you know pass and uh you'll be all right so um so yeah trading is you know just uh personality wise uh you need you need to focus on that right the technical side is kind of easy to handle right you need a year two years five years to be 
at the top of your game, but basically on a personal level, if you can control your emotions more, if you can uh, relax more, do some, obviously I did for many years, I'm still doing it outside of trading, but before trading, a lot of uh, visuals, a lot of uh, meditation, just focusing on what's important. Uh, you know, I always say that the, uh, the best thing that happened to me in regards to trading was to take out the PNL, right? A lot of the traders are focusing on PNL. Just give me that number just to see it up or down. I don't give a shit about the PNL. If you handle your trading right, the outcome will be 100%, not at the time, but 100% will be positive. If you trade well, you will make money in the market. The problem is that you're not trading well because you're looking at the money instead of focusing on the trade. The trade is not about the money. The trade is about literally the chart, the trade, right? So once I did that, it, it completely turned my uh, trading around. So this is definitely advice for the, for the guys that listen in. Just give it a shot. For one month, get rid of the PNL. Don't even look. Don't care about it. You will see, I guarantee you, you will see a change in your trading. Hey, Noah, what do moving averages, RSI, and MACD all have in common? They're all lagging indicators from the 70s with weak ability to predict future price action. Exactly. Modern retail traders need modern trading tools. That's why we've partnered with Rocket Scooter, an artificial intelligence and algorithmic charting tool that predicts where high volume will occur before it happens. That's right. Rocket Scooter's 15 unique indicators help visualize in real time where institutional players are interested on almost any stock and gives you a clear-cut game plan for how to take advantage of the underlying mechanics of the market. A platform like that probably costs a ton of money. Right now, they're offering three months of Rocket Scooter Pro for only $35 a month, knocked down from the original price of $179 a month. Take advantage of this monster deal by heading over to the link in the show notes and getting started using Rocket Scooter today. I was lucky enough to to uh, have a mentor early on who who sort of definitely told me about you know, turning off the PNL and not trading the PNL because I mean you can make so many it's so easy to make a mental mistake. I started my account with ninety five thousand dollars that has crossed a thousand dollars. Let me lock in this position. You know, even though it's not necessarily at your target, it's going well. No reason to cut it except for the fact that you see that six figures in your account. Let me go ahead and close this trade and then you wind up missing out on the rest of the move. I wanted to ask Michael one more question. We talk so much about the potential downsides and a lot of the uh, a lot of the shortfalls and maybe some of the more troubling times that you've had in your career. But I love to ask traders about some of the some of the good times in your career because it's really those uh, good times that that keep you coming back, right? So I would love to ask you about you know what are some of the memorable moments in your trading career that stick out to you that were positives that you sort of hold in your memory bank and and can refer back to when times are are tough or maybe things aren't going as well as you would like them to. Yeah, that's that's a great one actually. In most cases. Obviously, um, it's easier to talk about, not easier, but um, uh, more interesting, I guess, to talk about the losses or this is something also comes from, uh, you know, comes from our, our parents. Uh, always learn from your mistakes, right? Those kind of stuff. So um, it, this is something very important uh, that I also, um, um, you know, when I had the guys, when I traded with, we also focused on that exactly not just learning from mistakes, but actually learning from success. Because once you focus only on the losing part, then 
that's okay. You will change some of them, but it's much easier to focus on your success and actually imitate that over and over again, because you know this is what will work. So mentally, it's much easier for you to do, you know, this is what happened yesterday and it works. I'm going to do the same exact same thing, right? Super easy to understand that. And also, you know, on, um, like professional athletes, uh, uh, LeBron James, right? He knows exactly where uh, he have the best um, place to shoot, right? The best place to throw the ball. Um, that in most cases will get in uh, inside. So once he knows that, he can continue to repeat it over and over again. Um, so in regards to that, I have obviously I had a few trades, a few good trades in my career. Um, two of them that are very memorable to me. Uh, one was kind of in the in the beginning, I guess four or five years in, into trading was an uh, X um, US uh, steel. Right, one of the oldest, maybe the oldest one in the book. Um, so uh, that was a time when I usually took breakouts, and it was just the right setup. There, there is. Are you familiar with the term shakeout? I guess shakeouts. Okay, right. So, uh, so this is exactly what it did uh, back then. So there was a like a bull flag, broke through it went all the way back, took those stop losses out, and then shoot up. And uh, so basically what I, in most, uh, like back then, this is what I did a lot. Waited either for the break, went, uh, waited for the shakeout, and then entered with the, uh, with the market makers. So um, one of the good trades that I made was simply as that. Um, a lot of the times we had you know, back then we had a lot of shakeouts, and this is one of the the one that I remember. And besides that, um, I guess it was Tesla, but not too long ago, because um, because Tesla is uh, it's amazing stock really to trade. I mean, I don't know, we got so many funded traders that trade in uh, penny stocks, and and that's fine, but. I mean, I read a trade, big techs like Tesla or Qs, um, and, and Tesla definitely, I had few trades, good trades on that, mostly buying the dip, uh, dropping to a major level, uh, mostly closing gaps, and from there just adding to the position. At the time, I had a uh, few, few attempts or few trades that, um, you know, just, Adding, adding, holding for a night as well, and then when it just gap up, it was a nice move. But most of the most of the idea of the trades of the success trade, the the better trade, let's call it, were roughly the same at least for the last few years. Um, obviously, as I said, I, I did all, everything, you know, breakouts, reversals, pullbacks, all of those things. So um, trading in a range, whatever. So I guess those are the two, yeah. But this one, I didn't think of my success one in a while, I guess. I always talk about my losing one. I should have, 
I should I should bring it up more, I guess. Talk about it more. Yeah, yeah talk about right? it more. There's always the bright side to trading. As you mentioned, we talk a lot about the losers because it's it is important to uh learn from those mistakes. I think it's also because you can have your winners, but if you can't manage the downside and and if you can't avoid those big losers or you know, you, you're not going to be able to stick around and being able to make it through those losers is like, that's what it's all about, right? Like you can, a, a, anybody can open a trading account and hit a huge winner. I think we've all done it when we first started trading and then the reality sits in that, okay, like that, that trade will come, you know, every once in a while, but what am I going to do when things aren't working? Which is why, you know, I think we do talk about uh, those losers so much. Um, Michael, this was awesome having you on the show. Really appreciate you taking the time to speak with us. Um, you shared a lot of really interesting things, good tips for traders. I know that our listeners, uh, whether they're new or experienced, are going to get a lot out of this interview. And again, just want to thank you for joining us. Yeah, thanks so much, guys. Appreciate it. All right, awesome. No, another awesome episode. I'll see you next week for episode 90. Yep, take care. See you guys next week. Our content is intended to be used and must be used for informational purposes only. It is very important to do your own analysis before making any investment based on your own personal circumstances. You should take independent financial advice from a professional in connection with or independently research and verify any information that you find in our podcast and wish to rely upon, whether for the purpose of making an investment decision or otherwise.